Deborah White, welcome to Moving Abroad, another edition. We're talking to our second person. Actually, the last time we did it was a couple, but we're talking to our expat from Mexico for the second time. And we're going to find out all the good stuff that we want to know about why Deborah White moved to Mexico and where she was before and all those fun things. So let's start, Deborah, with where you were from. Where were you born? Well, I was born in uh, in Michigan, but I lived uh, most of my life in uh in Illinois, outside of Chicago, and then in the city. When, since I was an adult person, I lived in the city. Chicago, windy, cold Chicago uh-huh. to warm Mexico. This is going to be a good chapter. All <laughs> right. So how long have you been in Mexico? Nine years, just past nine-year nice. mark, full-time. Okay. And so what part of Mexico are you in? I'm in central Mexico. It's a town called San Miguel de Allende which is three three hours north of Mexico City. So it's in, okay. in the center of the country. The high desert. When you I'm moved sorry. there, it's it a, was from Chicago, right? Yes. That, that was your last place in the United States? Yeah. I've never lived anywhere else in the U.S. as an adult. Um, okay. So <laughs> did did you retire and then decide to move, or you just up and decided to move one day? And no, it was a slow death of the ad industry. I was an advertising art director. And that went downhill in 2007, before the crash of 2008. Advertising mm-hmm. is first to go. It just became intolerable. I was paying, I think, $750 a month for health insurance because I, you know, I wasn't eligible for Medicare or anything then yet. And... I just felt like I'm, I should just open the window and throw my money out <laughs> the way things were going. Because, uh-huh. you know, everyone, it's a business where it's about who you know and your reputation, which I had no problem with except that everyone I know got laid off at the same time. Oh, uh, So you were working so for a company you, or for yourself? Uh, both. Um, I mean, the longest place I worked longest it was at Leo Burnett Advertising in Chicago, a big place. So they didn't offer health insurance? Oh, sure. Oh, I had all that, yes. But you still had to pay seven. When I wasn't working for a company anymore, then when you're on your own, Mm -hmm. and it's a nightmare. (laughs) I bet. Well, that's a whole other show we could do probably. And we'll definitely talk about that. At the time, it was COBRA insurance. After you're laid off, you get really good insurance for, I don't know, six or eight months or something. Uh, oh, Cobra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it gets kind of scary. Yeah. Well, it's a lot more than that now, I believe, but um, I haven't had to deal with <laughs> sure. it quite yet. <laughs> but the uh, right. what were there other expenses? I mean, I know Chicago is not cheap. Were there other expenses that you found to be a little out of line? Well, yeah, it's a whole different world once you're retired. I mean, I retired. Didn't plan to retire. I kind of retired because that happened. And um, I had a condo, and I sold it about three seconds before everything really went to hell. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess um, other reasons? Is that what you were asking? <laughs> Sorry. Well, so, do you, I mean, other things that were out of line expensive after you oh. uh, retired? No. 
Not terribly, but once you're freelancing and you have to pay for your own insurance and stuff, and you're not getting that, I mean, I was on unemployment for a while, but when you're not getting your paycheck and Mm -hmm. you even want to go out to dinner, parking is $30, and, you know, I mean, my friends and I were getting so frustrated trying to even find restaurants where you could bring your own wine. It was just 100 bucks for dinner. I mean, crazy. Yeah. And when you don't have a job, you notice that a lot more. You care more about it, you know. Sure. Why did you start thinking about this? Did you, I mean, I know you're looking for a solution. Okay, where can I live? Maybe somewhere less expensive. How did you think about going international? Oh, well, it's funny because I was in Copenhagen one time. I I follow the Rolling Stones around the world with a group of people for a long time. We Mm -hmm. we went to a show in Stockholm, and then we, we stopped in Copenhagen. And there's a place there called Christiania. And it's just artists, and they live there free. And everyone kind of, the police ignore them and stuff. I think they they make their living selling pot and hash to tourists. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're not allowed to take any photos. This is a while ago. This is like 2003. But it was just such an interesting concept, and I thought, well, this exists. What else, what else is there in the world that's kind of unusual and interesting? So I had, I had it in, my, in the back of my mind for, for years, like what? If I move somewhere drastic, what would I, what I want it to be like, you know, after seeing mm-hmm. that? And then as things went on, I just started hearing about this town. I would hear about it from people who were not even, that didn't know each other. You should check out San Miguel de Allende and another person. You should check out San Miguel de Allende. So it was kind of like, wow, what the heck? Everyone knows this place. I guess I'll go see it. So you didn't do any other kind of research, like look at other parts of the world. You just kept hearing about this particular place because people. Yeah, I guess you had said something about maybe finding another place to live. Is that what brought the conversation up? Well, you're really limited more than you think being from the U.S. because you have to think about the exchange rate. And this is a lot of people. Why didn't you move to Europe? Because <laughs> then you're losing half your money. If yeah. you come to Mexico, you're you're gaining twice as much money. So it's kind of like there's no contest. If right. you can find a place where the exchange rate is in your favor, um, that's what you have to do. Because who yes. you don't want to lose money just for no reason. So, and it's close to the U.S. You now it's only four hours to Chicago, and a little more than that because you have to change planes in Houston or Dallas. But it's not that far, and it's not like an overseas flight. Right. If you want to go back. Is so, this the was that the only place you looked at in Mexico? Yes. Okay. I mean, I read about it. There are a lot of blogs, and um, I signed up for all kinds of newsletters, and I mean, uh, whatever you want to call them. I signed up on a lot of pages and read a lot, a lot of information, and it included other places in Mexico. And I kind of weighed the pros and cons of each place. Mm-hmm. And this seemed like the most logical. And there are 15,000 Americans or, and Canadians here, English-speaking people. So that was really important. Sure. Well, did what what kind of things did you read? Did you get books or did you read magazines or Internet? Yeah, I did. The first one I got was called, and I highly recommend it, Running Away from Home as an Adult. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's great. And it tells you. The steps you have to take before you even think about such a thing. Mm-hmm. For example, don't have any bills. And that takes a while. There's that one step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there, I don't remember all everything, but um, that was 
pretty influential, and I started doing the things that it said to do, even though I wasn't anywhere near ready to move. Uh, but there are people that live here um, have, well, I guess you'd call it a blog, not exactly. It's, it's um, interactive, you know. Right. Uh, like a mailing list. Like and, a what? Um, a mailing list? Okay. Mm-hmm. A mailing list, or a, I don't know. Gotcha. I'm missing the word for it, but you know, you you talk back and forth. Sure. So you you went to visit first. You went to visit yeah. the place. I came down first time was in January. Now, this is um, oh, two, 2000. Um, okay. I stayed for a month, and it was how long? A freezing month? cold. Uh-huh. <laughs> you stayed for a um, month. Yeah. I rented a house from a friend of a friend, and um, I was shocked. It was like 32 degrees. I woke up. <laughs> oh my God! Wow! And there's no heat. There's no heat here. Just fireplaces. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of shocking, but it didn't last very long. And then I came back in August because I wanted to experience what summer was like, and I think that's important to do. You know, see a place in more than one season. Right. And it was hot, but. Um, the, the thing is, it's very, very dry here, and that was another requirement of mine because I, I, was, I never liked the humidity in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind the cold, but I couldn't stand the summers. It's mm-hmm. weird, but I hate the humid summers. So here, it's a high central desert, so it's the desert climate. It's very, very dry. If you just turn on a fan, it feels like air conditioning. So there really is no air conditioning here because it's very electricity can become very expensive. Has it been? You've been there nine years. Is it, does it still get? Was that a weird situation? Or does it still get that cold every winter? Uh, it got down to like thirty-six a, a few nights there in, in January, but it was it wasn't very long of a time, and she's an electric blanket. No big deal. And by afternoon, it's seventy all year. So, what were some of the other criteria you, you had? The, the weather was a criteria. What? How did you find out about the health care there? Just by reading. Um, there are um, what do you call it? There are several scenarios. There, this uh, expat insurance. I'm, I'm trying. I'm not real good with remembering exactly how much <laughs> things cost or, or how long it takes no, to get no, them or anything. But, you know it's a lot uh, better than what it was in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot less, a lot less. Yeah. Especially less if you exclude the U.S. So, I mean, like half if you exclude right. the U.S. So in order to get it, um, did you have to become a citizen? No, 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 no. I'm still not a citizen. I won't. I will not do that. No. So a, technically, what are you? You're on a visa, I, <laughs> permanent, or? <laughs> I, I'm a. Uh, Permanent resident now, and that takes about—I think it was about five years before you can qualify for that. It was a temporary. You can come on a three-month visa, but then you're you're going back and forth every three months. Right. You have to cross the border and come back. Then you can get a temporary residency for I don't know, two hundred fifty dollars or something. But you have to keep doing it every every couple of years, and then after a certain amount of time, you can become a permanent resident. All you have to do is prove that you have a certain amount of money in the bank, and that keeps changing. And 
they check to see if you've had any problems here in Mexico, you know, if you have any kind of arrests or anything like that, and they, mm-hmm. they check you out. Sure. Um, but, you know, minimal. I mean, I didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to live in a house for three years or any of these kind of things? You just had to have a certain amount of money, no criminal record, and a desire to want to live there? You, you did have to live here for five years before you're eligible. I think it's five. Wow. Before you're yeah. eligible for this permanent kind of thing. So now I don't have to pay for that ever again. Good. And I can come and go whenever I want to. No when problem. did you become eligible to use their health care system? Um, boy, that's a good question. They... This, the healthcare system I was talking about was, was private insurance, expat mm. insurance. They do have insurance here that I am signed up for um, that costs like 100 bucks a year, and <laughs> then you're treated at a hospital nice. near here. Um, but it's a no-frills kind of place. I, I signed up for it just for emergencies. It's mm-hmm. a place where you really wouldn't want to stay. I haven't seen it. And I'm sure it's it's clean and fine, and, and nobody's died from it that I know of. But um, you must have someone stay with you. There aren't any nurses on duty tonight. Mm-hmm. So even if you if you can't walk or something, you need someone to stay spend the night to get you water. Or and I think you even have to they give you sheet. You have to take a blanket. You have to take a mm-hmm. pillow. I mean, but that's wow. super super cheap. Super cheap. Um, what about other stuff though? Like what if you got a cold or you know. Or something. Uh, I go to. I have a very good doctor here who I visit is. Let's see, a visit is usually around um, twenty-five dollars. Okay. Excellent healthcare. There's tons of doctors here, and loads of dentists and good equipment. And they, you know, it's knock on wood. I haven't had to stay in a hospital yet, but there are hospitals yeah. around that people go to that are really not expensive, good hospitals. And nobody's really complained. They've they've had good treatment. So you don't have to do the hospital where there's not nurses. That's just a choice you made. No, 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 no. no. That's just let's say you know you you just (laughs) I don't know. You're in the middle of you break your leg and you go there. Okay, makes sense. Safeguard, I guess. I I hope I never use insurance. (laughs) Hopefully Uh not. Uh huh. uh, Yeah. I mean, I have Medicare now that I'm you know been here long enough that I (laughs) I'm eligible. And I paid for it, but I can't use it here. But if you had so, a if you, so if you had something that was going to be, you know, two or three month process or whatever, would you go back to the states and use Medicare? Depends on if it, how serious the, the thing was. Yeah, if it's something like a brain tumor or something, definitely I would. Gotcha. Because you know, of course I'm paying. For full Medicare plus uh, what do you call it, the add-ons, so it's a lot of money. And since you can't use it here, you would if it's going to be something really expensive or specialized, I would go to the U.S. In fact, I have a, a membership in this called SkyMed, and they have all my information. So let's say I'm unconscious, and if I have, they take my SkyMed card out of my wallet, they know that, that I am requesting to go to, certain U.S. hospital. Okay. One of your reasons for moving was a health care expense, but now that you're on Medicare, you're basically still paying into the U.S. health care system, and you could right. move back, and that would not be an issue. There'd be other expenses, right. I'm saying, but, you know. I'm going to take a trip home in, in next month, and I've already got an appointment with for a checkup, which will be completely free. And, oh, wow. You know, with someone who mm-hmm. takes Medicare. 
So, so let's talk about that. You're going, you're going back home. What? This one of my topics I like to get into is that you know you, mm-hmm. your family, you know, has to know. I guess that you're going to move. You so you got to have that discussion, and then it depends on your situation. But you know, a lot of pe- a lot of people are going to have to go back for holidays or certain things, and you know, make maybe frequent trips, maybe not. Do you go back a lot? And what was it like when you told? friends and family that, hey, I'm going to move to Mexico. <laughs> I, I haven't been back for almost three years. Um, I've been in the Houston or Dallas airport going to Europe, <laughs> changing mm-hmm. planes, and that's it. Um, I don't have a family. Um, I don't have really my, – my parents are both gone. In fact, my dad died the year before I moved here. I would not have left. It was 90. Okay. I wouldn't have left mm-hmm. if he was still, still there. And the rest of my my relatives, uh, my aunts and uncles, have since died, and it's cousins, and they're spread out all over, really. And the beauty of Facebook, we're in town all the time anyway. Sure. So you're just going back to the United States mainly to do a a visit and to get this checkup done? You're not really going to see family? You're going to see friends, maybe? Well, for quite a few years, I was going to see my aunt and uncle, who both died a couple years ago at 100 years old. So I went quite a few times to see them because they knew they weren't going to be there much longer. But a lot of times, like the trip coming up is for a concert, and then I'm staying extra days to see friends and my cousins and and do some shopping. Nice. Because um, some things you can't get here, and it's it's a little frustrating sometimes. Well, do you go to Mexico City Summon Shop? I heard it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's still not like the U.S., though. I don't know. I don't know where people get their cool clothes, but I never found them. (laughs) (laughs) You go to a mall there, you think, oh, boy, look at all the stores. And they're like uh, Zara and uh, Ugg and, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. They're all U.S. stores, so it's not very Mm -hmm. exciting. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) If your father had passed away earlier, would you have moved earlier to Mexico? Were you just waiting on that, or it just coincided? No. No, I, in fact, the last year, the year before I moved, no, two years before I moved, I made the most money I ever made in my life, freelancing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think, oh, this is great. Okay, I'll just do this. Um, and then that, eventually, the freelance work went away, too, because they were paying people a lot of money, as they should, because we were working, you know, until midnight or whatever. Um but then the the purse strings got tightened even more. You know, 2008 was not the end of anything. And so all of a sudden, all the freelance was gone also. So that's when the unemployment came in and the, the big um, health insurance problems. Life happens. So, yep. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, well, I saw it coming around early 2007. I was working for a small ad agency, and it went from 100 people to 25 <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> She's kind of going, oh, she, something's happening here. <laughs> I better find mm-hmm. out what. Since you knew you were possibly going to move over there, you had some time. Did you try to learn Spanish, or you just knew you were going to be around a lot of expats that speak English? I did not learn Spanish before I came. I had um, I had Spanish in grade school, mm-hmm. and oddly, it really helped. I, don't, I wow. think I was nine years old or something. I've never had trouble pronouncing anything, and that's half the battle, because if you don't pronounce things correctly, they have no idea what you're talking about. You're pretty good at <laughs> so, Spanish now. Oh, yeah, now I am. Yeah. I, I'm sometimes told, like, if I take a taxi, oh, your Spanish is so good, or 
they correct every word I say. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have to take classes kind of over there, or you just picked it up by talking to I, people? I took a class. Um, it didn't help me, I don't think, as much as what happens here. It's a desert climate. It's dusty, and things get dirty and dusty easily, and everyone has somebody to help them. Um, I have a cleaning helper person who nice. costs, let's see, $15 a week. She only comes <laughs> one day, but it's for like four hours. She does, cleans the house, does the laundry, changes the bed, anything extra. We all sometimes have her come another day and clean out the refrigerator and do whatever. Um, and mm. this keeps, this helps their, the people here. Sure. And all the Americans here are kind of helping out in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and That's a good a deal. Handy net. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I know I was paying $100 in Chicago for like three hours. Oh, yeah. When I had and help. And so you, you speak to her a lot, and that's kind of how you kind of started remembering. Yes, it's painful there. sometimes. You use Google <laughs> Translate, and that, that's half the time wrong. But um, eventually, there's, uh, the people you know, a shorthand kind of develops, so they start to read your mind. Um, but also, you you just learn a lot just from paying attention. And uh, when I I just recently bought a car, I didn't have one here for eight years. But talking to taxi drivers was, was like going to school. Right. And very helpful. So you get over there, and you probably mm-hmm. picked a spot where a lot of other expats from. Canada and the United States are. Is that kind of your community? Right. Is is expats or is it a blend? Are you kind of into the culture well, of the people there? Is it more, you know, like your own vacation? Some people have more than others. I have a, a, a small amount, but most of the 99% of my friends are, are Americans, Canadians, yeah. It's just because it gets exhausting trying to think of words in Spanish all the time. Sure. to speak another language, and it's kind of a break to sit down with someone that speaks English and just and just talk. Anyway, that's I don't know. It's a comfort level, I guess, and mostly it's because sure. of language. Are the people yeah. there real nice to you guys? Oh yeah, I haven't had any run-ins. They they are they they like us being here. I mean. Yeah. Contribute to the economy, and, and they're nice, and, and the people are so friendly. I walked out the door this morning to, to, to take the garbage outside, and someone I've never seen before, a Mexican woman, said, "Oh, Buenos dias." Very, mm-hmm. very friendly. Always very nice. smiling and saying hello. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things you know that people are concerned about with Mexico, in, in certain areas anyway, well, and especially people don't know a lot about Mexico, is the safety <laughs> issue. Um, what mm-hmm. What is it like in where you are? It's fine. It's no different than anywhere, let's say in the U.S., if you if you go to a city and you go to a bad neighborhood, you might expect something bad to happen. So you know the places not to go. Yeah. Yes. And you find that out right away because some people will tell you or you ask, you know, mm-hmm. if you, I don't know, I've traveled quite a bit and you, it's just a normal thing to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, there is more crime than there was when I moved here. Really? And I think it's because of petty crime, you know, or house robberies with people who refuse to get alarm systems, which is ridiculous. I have one. 
Yes. Uh, I had one in the U.S. Why wouldn't I have one here, right? Right. So um, there are just some unexpected things. Like uh, recently there was a little issue with gasoline. I don't know if you heard all about that. But there's some things that sometimes puzzle you because you don't know the culture well enough. And um, there's been some some weird stuff going on with people um there's a gas cartel, which I never heard of. I didn't know existed. Um, they steal gas from pipelines. And oh. the government here, the new president, just cracked down on that, so there's been some backlash. But nothing mm-hmm. that you would – you don't get into trouble unless you. you go looking for it. Right. No. That's what's, no. My previous guest from Mexico, who I think you know, they, they said the same thing. It's if you stay away from the drug activity you know, mm-hmm. and don't go looking for trouble, you're not going to have to deal with it. And that's probably true here too. In some cases, I mean, you know, you're never 100% safe anywhere, but that seems to be right. the theme: is just stay in your lane and you're good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why people are so afraid. I just had a cousin visit, and they they just loved it here. And they were they felt hmm. totally comfortable, and it's because they're not. I mean, we're a little older. We're not we're not out at 4 a.m. drunk. Right. Which would be a very bad idea. That's when you get taken advantage of. And more mm-hmm. likely than anything else, it would be petty stuff like someone taking your purse. You know? Sure. So you feel safe. That's good to know. Speaking of drinking, what is the um, food and wine like <laughs> there? Food and drinks and going out? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, there are some world-class restaurants here. Any kind of food you can think of except there's a shortage of Asian, which I'm looking forward to in Chicago. And they can't make pizza to save their lives, and I don't understand that. That's too bad. But Maybe anyway. you should open a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is great. I mean, and food is probably one of the biggest savings. Oh, because, like the other day, I was at the grocery store with a with a conveyor full of stuff, and I think it was fifty dollars, equivalent fifty U.S. <laughs> and you know, when I left Chicago, I always felt like I just got robbed when I went grocery shopping. Sure. Prices were so outrageous. So, do you buy like at markets or grocery store? I mean, do you have the, like the? There's a lot of talk about both. fruit and vegetable markets, you know, and stuff being real cheap. Mm-hmm. I buy from both. If you have time to run around and stop at a bunch of places, then mm-hmm. it's way cheap. Some stores just sell vegetables. Some stores sell fruit. Some, you know, there's millions of bakeries which I don't go into, but. Um, there, there are specialty, you know, mom and pop little stores for everything you can think of. Or there's the great big grocery store if you're in a hurry and you need a bunch of different kinds of things, then we go there. What about, I mean, I know things get different after you retire as far as this goes, but what about any kind of situation where you you can't find entertainment like a movie or a concert? Are you missing some of those things or they have all that there for you that's in English, et cetera? Oh, yeah. There's a theater real close to here that shows first-run U.S. language movies. I just saw saw Bohemian Rhapsody there before most people in the U.S. saw it. And I think it was like $6, nice, $4, something like that, something crazy. Uh Um, I've been to Mexico City for some concerts. And there's there's music here, um, you know, not famous, as famous as I maybe used to. Chicago, everyone came there, so I've I've seen all the top people. But I haven't suffered musically at all. If I want to go to a concert, I fly to one. That's the only thing. Usually, no. Things like that, flights are involved. Do you have to go to Mexico but, City to fly? 
Nope. There are two airports very close to here. One is about an hour and one's about an hour and a half. And, in fact, I'm flying out of the smallest one next month on American Airlines. And American changes, um, you enter the U.S. in Dallas and just go through customs and on your merry way. Is it pretty reasonable? No. flights? No, I mean, it used to be three. When I moved down here, it was three hundred dollars to go to Chicago. Now it's like double. Ooh! But that's do you just ever go the airline industry? Sure, right. Yeah, you got to get all those frequent flyer programs. Do you um, ever go to the resorts and you know, like, pay for a week to do all inclusive or anything like that? Nope. No. I haven't. I'd like to go to the beach. Um, I wouldn't go to a resort now that I've talked to enough people. There are beaches mm-hmm. that. Um, are supposed to be pretty cool, and I, I just haven't done that yet because, for various reasons, my travels have taken me to Europe the last several years, almost since I've been here. But my next plan is yes to explore more of Mexico. What's it like going to Europe over there? Is that expensive, like it is from here? Flight, you mean? Flights, mm-hmm. yeah. It's about the same. Honestly, I haven't paid for a flight to anywhere for a very long time. Um, my two flights, I've got two trips coming up. And the airfare is free on both because I use only Miles credit cards right. that have That's no international fees, and mm-hmm. I use them for every single thing you can think of, food, everything. And if, especially if you get, get one that gives you 50,000 miles up front, that's already a trip. So. Oh, yeah. So you said there were 15,000 or so expats over there from Canada and, and the United States. How many people total mm-hmm. live in that city? About do you know? Last I heard, it's like one hundred eighty-nine thousand. Okay, so oh. you're almost ten percent. But because there's a lot of countryside here, and a lot of very poor people live out in the, what they call the campo of the country. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where they cut off the the population count. Would you say is your neighborhood mostly expats? Is that what it is? There's like a certain area where they kind of. You know, you congregate. That's where everybody lives. Well, there are different. They call they're called colonias, which is a neighborhood. Mine, yeah, is probably eighty percent English speaking. Where it was before was was a little more mixed. And it's not that I looked for that or anything. It's just how the, how it worked out. Um, sure. So where I am now, I'm in a little gated community, and people walk around, walking their dogs and. There are, are some Mexican people up here that up here I say it's up on a mountain, um, who are restaurant owners and things like that. It is, it's a little bit upscale from some other colonias. But, Do you have a view a view house? No, I don't mm-hmm. in this house. No. You're in a gated community. Yes, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Do you I rent mean, I or own? Look for that. I rent. I'm not going to buy again. And once you're retired, unless you're very lucky um, to have enough cash, I don't want to take, you know, deplete my entire savings because if you buy here, it, you pay cash. You, there are no mortgages. Oh, really? So there goes everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I don't I just can't. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah, that sounds pretty odd. And it's a lot of the stuff I read, they. they suggest if you're going to go try something at least anyway that you rent and a lot of the things that I read about for people doing this it's always about rent you know this condo costs this or this costs this there's not a whole lot of purchase uh, discussions 
So, well, there are tell a lot, me. here is a little different. The houses are so fabulous. If you've got, I mean, if you have three hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get a palace. Hmm. It's gorgeous, gorgeous place. You can get something very nice, smaller kind of condo or a little bigger than that, and a little house for maybe a hundred and fifty. I mean, mm-hmm. way nice, nicer than you would get in the U.S. <laughs> for that kind of money. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but, that's, that's um, some people pay that in taxes people, a year at Chicago. <laughs> Uh, it's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, pretty much everyone I know has lived in at least three places before they found the place, the neighborhood <laughs> or whatever, where they really want to be. So it's, and a lot of people come down here and fall in love with the place and buy something before they even, when they're on vacation. It's crazy. I, I don't recommend that. <laughs> no. I'm not, do, yeah, yeah. do they, most of the people, in your neighborhood and expats you talk to, do they have a common theme of why they decide to move there, or is it all over the place? Um, it's mostly economic. I would say it's like, you know, at least 75% economic. And, okay. and they're, they are almost all retirement age people. Mm-hmm. Would it be, when when you say economic, I mean, I, is it primarily because of health care? Expenses of healthcare. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's just a combination of things. You want your your retirement money to last longer. It will last me four times longer here than it would in the U.S. It, it's just a kind of a common sense mm-hmm. thing. You, you certainly need it because you got some good genes. <laughs> you got a ninety-year-old dad and hundred-year-old aunt and uncle. And you, you're gonna you're gonna be around a while. Oh, there's. I don't know about that. They're, it's a step family. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no genes in that. Okay, I got you. Who knows? But, Who knows, though? You I never know. That's the thing. You can't guess. <laughs> my my problem with the only problem I had with people um, want, worried about me moving here were like were friends who didn't get it. They're like, well, why don't you just move to the suburbs? Because it's a lot cheaper in the suburbs of True. the city. But. Mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of person. I, I have to be somewhere where it's where it's really interesting to look at. I'm an artist, and I need that kind of visual. I don't know. Uh, yep, yeah, I, I go crazy part of the draw somewhere is, where it's is, all strip malls. Sure, part of the draw, I would think. I mean, finance obviously is what gets people thinking about it. But you know, the fun and adventure of it, and the weather, and the beaches, and meeting oh, yeah. new people, and different food. It's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. I go to a water aerobics three times a week all year long, outdoors, mm-hmm. outdoor pool. Nice. Um, in the morning, it's a little chilly, but the pool is heated, and it's, it's real, that's a fun, fun thing to do, and you kind of sometimes can't believe you're able to do that. So if somebody said you had a cousin you didn't know about and they just left you $2 million, would you move back to the United States? <laughs> I, I, am, I don't think so. That's a really hard question because it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Right now, absolutely not. You know. For, yeah, that's well. So it's another way of asking is you're, you're glad you made the move and you're having a good time over there. Yes. Yeah. It's right. fun. It's less, much less stressful. And, and part of it may be just because I'm retired, but everything's easier to do here. I can't explain it. It's, it's um, easy to get help with anything you need. It's like. If you want to take a taxi somewhere, it's two fifty U.S. Uh-huh. 
no matter hmm. how far it is. So there's no meter running. You're Did, not panic drinking about stuff like that. I guess they don't have Uber and Lyft over there. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, do they? Wow, okay. I use Uber all the time in Mexico City. I go there alone. Um, mm-hmm. I've gone there alone a lot. I stayed for a month one time. Oh, really? Uh, so if you went... Mm-hmm. If you if you take a cab, do you give them peso or do you give them a, a credit card or American dollars? How how does that work? Oh, peso. Over there? oh with well with Uber you're already signed up, so you're getting you're already your, signed up credit card. Yeah. With, so yeah. is it the exchange rate works? They use the credit card and they do the exchange rate, so you're you're um, right. you're saving the money there too. So you pay two fifty right. Mexico money, but ultimately that might be the dollar seventy five or two bucks or something like that, right? No, no, no. It's it's like fifty. I, I'm quoting you in dollars, so, be, so you can understand what the difference is. It's two dollars okay. and fifty cents, let's say, to go anywhere, no matter how long it takes or how far away it is, unless it's way mm-hmm. outside town. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, in Chicago, you go a mile for like seventeen dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite different. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. Any but, other? major cost savings that you can think of over there that people see? I mean, people have swimming pools, you know, a lot of the expats, y'all have pools over there? Uh, no, um, not too many. It, it, there isn't that much uh, yard space between houses. They're built kind of really close together or touching. If you're wealthy, then you have enough land with your house to have a pool. Sure. But most so people the, the, won't have that. Are there people that move there? that could live very comfortably in the United States, but they just chose to go to a different country? A lot of those kind of people, or yeah. is it pretty much all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, there are people here who say, I always wanted to live in Mexico. I love Mexico. And mm-hmm. I never felt like that. That was not me, but a lot of people are here just because they really like it. And it's Have you th- more relaxed lifestyle, for sure. Do you see in your future moving to other places in Mexico or another country? And you don't... <laughs> it took a long time to get used to everything here. I'll tell you that. It's mm-hmm. not, it, there are so many little things that you would never even imagine. And it takes a lot of use to things in another culture, in another country. Mm-hmm. Thinking and, uh, I don't know, just everything. Um, car emissions tests. <laughs> she said no. all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't think I have the energy to do it again. <laughs> I understand. I'm an artist. Well, I'd rather just paint and, and be happy here. Sure. So you sell art there? Do you sell it uh, online, or do you sell it to people in the city, or how does that work? Right now, I'm in between galleries. I was in three galleries here, and unfortunately, all of them moved away. Um, mm. So yeah, I need another. I need rep- more representation here. I um, have a gallery in Germany that still sells my work sometimes. And in Chicago, I still sell to some clients in Chicago. And elsewhere, I've sent paintings to California and Houston and uh, private mm, businesses and and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do, do do you have an online site? Here. Do you do any on a oh, website? Yeah. Yeah, what is mm-hmm. it? It's deborah-white.com. D-E-B-O-R-A-H dash white. What kind of... What kind of things do you paint? I can abstract expressionist style, which is, uh, and they're pretty large. I mean, 
my smaller paintings are about 30 by 40 inches. Mm -hmm. So it's acrylic and mixed media. Sometimes there's a newspaper involved or um, uh, pencil or anything. Well, you would think of Maricuasco or anyone, the New York School, you know, the abstract expressionist painters. Like, um, I don't do Jackson Pollock style, but that era. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you find yourself doing that more now that you're retired and over there than you were over here just kind of taking a back seat compared to yeah yeah there's more time of course after you retire Um, but I started painting seriously in 2003 when I was still very much in advertising because I was frustrated by the quality of the work had gone downhill so badly and if you're a creative person it was just kind of painful I used to do commercials and a high level McDonald's and Kellogg's and things and Sony ads for Sony in, in Rolling Stone, stuff like that. Then all of a sudden you discover you're, you're uh, doing a newspaper ad, buy one, get one free kind of thing. And mm-hmm. <laughs> everything changed to um, sales promotion. And it's painful. Painful work. Horrible. Kind of to keep my brain alive, I started painting way back then. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So, so what were some of the, the in the world? What insan- insanity you said? Sanity. Yes, yes. <laughs> sanity is the most important thing in the world. Insanity is not. Guess, no. Yeah. No. Gotcha. So, what were some of the challenges? The biggest challenges you had when you moved over there, and since you've been over there. Well, probably language. And ex- expectations, and um, um, there was another one, and I just forgot what it was. Uh, language, because you think, even if you're speaking Spanish or you're you're using a translator or whatever, there's always something that isn't quite conveyed. Hmm. <laughs> it seems like um, you kind of like, well, I thought I understood what they meant, but I. I guess I'm wrong, you know. Not sure. <laughs> and that happens a lot, a lot, a lot. Really? A lot of times you have to say to someone, please, like I was just at the dentist, and he's a great guy, and he's using a German microscope like that. But okay, he knows what he's doing. But I couldn't understand what he was saying, and I had to tell him, please, or maybe use mm-hmm. a few different words, because maybe I'll know the other words and the words he's using. Sure. So that's a There's so many variants. Thing. Yes. Yeah, so, so many different and ways. And the slang, you know, mm-hmm. slang, and a lot of times translators are Spanish from Spain, not mm-hmm. Spanish from Mexico. Right. Uh, I forgot what I was looking at. Looking for something the other day, they they looked at me like I was out of my mind because they had meant to hell. Yeah, Spain, Spain Spanish, not Mexican Spanish. Sure. Very yeah. different. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. So what about getting stuff shipped there, like a... You know, if you want something from America, let's say, so you need some soy sauce or something because they don't have Asian food there. Is it difficult to get things in? So you can make your own uh, Asian food, but they just aren't in good restaurants. I I can always find right. soy sauce. But gotcha. other things, okay, like, for example, I've never seen decent underwear here. <laughs> hmm. That sounds silly, but, so, yeah, you you order from Amazon or whatever. Okay. You get a mail forwarding service address that isn't in the, in the U.S., and there are several. 
so that you don't have, you're not paying international shipping. A lot of people won't even ship internationally. I can order from any website, any website, and it will go to Laredo. And then a service comes from where I am, goes to Laredo, picks it up, and brings it back down here. Oh, smart. The problem okay. is you have to pay, um, you have to pay customs. That's uh-huh. 16%. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. that's a lot of money. Sure. And they but you can bring stuff back over. If you, when, you go, when you go to the United States on this upcoming trip, you can bring stuff back and they don't charge anything for it, I would assume. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Right, unless it's a, like a, an Apple computer and it looks suspiciously new in a <laughs> brand new box and stuff and never yeah. unwrapped. Um, but what happens is when you get to the airport here, you get either a red light or a green light. If you get the green light, that means they're not going to even check your luggage. If you get the red sure. light, uh, then you better have declared whatever or mm-hmm. pay a little bit of money. Not, not, nothing tragic. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I will definitely be buying underwear and, <laughs> and the taking States. the tags off and putting it in my suitcase. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, what's the – speaking of computers, what's the Wi-Fi like over there? Slower but fine. I have no issues. You, you know, I'm on – Facebook, I'm uh, doing websites all the time. Um, sometimes it's a little slow. I find that the biggest thing uh, that's slow is like on a Ticketmaster day when you're trying to buy a concert ticket oh, or something. Yeah. It's that's infuriating, too, so you ask someone in San Francisco to buy it for you instead. Yeah, that's that happens here, too. I mean, I don't know if that's an international issue or Mexican yeah. issue or what. But I don't think it's... Yeah. yeah. It may be different. Mexico. But... Oh, by the way, my cable, cable TV... It includes a landline phone, runs um, $25 a month. How much? So $25 a month US dollars. for internet yep. and landline and uh, land phone? Yep. Nice. Yep. Very nice. And cell phone, you know, AT&T in the U.S., I think 120 a month or something. Mine mm-hmm. is like 15 Unlimited and all that good stuff? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's pretty major differences. Awesome. You, you need to right. have patience to move outside of the U.S. because you have to expect a lot of things are different than you would think. Nothing That's bad, what I hear. But just different. You know, some of the stuff like getting products from Amazon in some countries is tough. The way people move when they're repairing homes or building them can be slow. Uh, you know, in some countries, you know, you go to Italy, they, exp- you know, your lunch is. Is an hour or two. I mean, they don't want you to in and out. There's no fast food. Oh, yeah. it's, you, it's an event. You know, every right. time you eat, right. it's a big deal. Right. I understand. Not so much here. Very nice. Not so much here. These people work so hard. I'm surprised they ever have time to eat. Oh, really? And a lot of the, the men here are laborers and building homes. And they these streets are cobblestone. It's charming, but it's a pain in the ass to, to, to uh, walk on. But mm-hmm. they repair everything by hand. It's unbelievable. You rarely hear a jackhammer mm-hmm. working on a street. You said you got a car. What What do you need a car all of a sudden for? I mean, why did you decide to go ahead and go that route? <laughs> I did something really weird. Um, the house I rented for eight years, suddenly my landlord wanted to sell it. Mm-hmm. So that was a surprise. So I, a friend of mine was moving to a, a place just outside of town, that is a gorgeous, gorgeous area. It's all landscaped, um, lots of property. You feel like you're driving onto the Ponderosa or something. But it's a really cool um, 
it was a cement loft kind of thing. Like, I would have died to have in Chicago. I couldn't believe it, sitting here in the middle of Mexico. Hmm. But there were there were a lot of things wrong with the house that wasn't properly built. And um, But it was it was just far enough outside of town that I, I felt I needed a car then. Gotcha. I just bought a little, little Toyota, which now... <laughs> I'm glad I have because you have more options of where to live. You, you don't feel as tied taxis. You just whip around somewhere. Um, where I am, there are stores nearby and parking lots, which is mm-hmm. not so easy in the center of town. People drive okay um, over there? No. <laughs> well, there's taxi, driver. taxi drivers are great. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. not so much. Um, it's It's crazy. I... I'm not used to a motorcycle coming up on the left side of me in the middle of the mm-hmm. highway. For right. Example. <laughs> and they have <laughs> they have no stoplights. They have Gloriettas, which is a roundabout. Huh. And that oh, yeah. scares me up to death. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. To yeah. yeah um, and everybody wants to be crisp. I don't know why. And it's uh, we, this town really needs more infrastructure with like. It needs another highway just for big trucks because using the same face on this Glorietta as a as an enormous semi. And here mm. I am in my teeny Toyota. <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> and a motorcycle <laughs> to your left and a big old semi to the right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. you have to have eyeballs all over the place to drive here. Huh. But so far so good, knock on wood. <laughs> Will you still take cabs though? Great a car fair mechanic. Yeah. Will you still do cabs, though, some? I mean, for that price, why not cab every now and then? Oh, yeah, yeah. If I'm going somewhere where I know it's hard to park, I take a cab. If it's, um, and it, you know, you call one, and it takes 10 minutes if you're not on a main street where they're going by all the time. Right. If you call one, it's it's um, secure, more secure, I feel, because at least there's a record of that, and, you know, nobody's mm-hmm. going to mess with, with you. How much is would. gas cost per gallon over there? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's, it, it went way up recently to, I think it's 3 or $4 equivalent, okay. something like that. But it'll go back. Mm-hmm. It'll go back down. It was 250 or something. Okay. So it's kind of so it's a really complicated thing. They just had a little ga- gas problems with their, their gas distribution. But it's leveling out. What about... The politics over there, do you, do y'all get involved in that much, or is that just kind of in the background, not a big, you know? Some people do, some people don't. I, I like to pay attention to what's happening as much as I can. Um, there, there's security in this town where people can say, hey, what's going on with this, or I don't understand mm-hmm. this, or how come there aren't any more? There used to be mounted police. Were the police on horses? It's pretty organized, and the, the people that run... Those kinds of websites are usually more, or pages, are usually more uh, involved with getting together with the mayor or trying to set up meetings so that expats can have at least express their opinions. You can't mm-hmm. vote, yeah, of course, you can't unless vote, you're a yeah. citizen. No. Yeah, even as a permanent resident, okay. So, no. gotcha. No. Do many people... You can work. Many... The permanent residency also lets, uh, uh, if you wanted to... It lets you work here. It's like a work permit also, automatic. Expats get citizenship, or they all just do permanent residency? Mm. The only ones I've heard of that get citizenship are the ones that are half Mexican anyway. 
maybe grow and, you know, grow up somewhere else. Most mm-hmm. everyone just keeps their U.S. I got one more finance question for you, and I'll leave you alone. The um, when you receive money, say Social Security or pension or four hundred one k's, whatever, from the United States, they obviously tax it. Does Mexico take a cut? No, the U.S. does. Okay, Um, so Mexico. You know, some countries do. That's horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, we only get taxed on on work you do here. Um, right. Okay. You know, from Mexico, uh, mm-hmm. I get taxed on my any time I take money out of my 401k that I haven't paid tax on. Yeah, then I owe I owe money to sure. the U.S. If, if mm-hmm. I sell a painting anywhere in the world, I only am liable to the U.S. Except um, if I sell here in Mexico, then there is right. a, a small amount of tax taken. Otherwise, it's it's not really an issue. It's an issue, of course, if you have a business, I'm sure. Sure. Well, okay, I got one more. I actually do have another question. The okay. So when you buy a product, let's say you buy a television, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you taxed on that? And and then the other question is, what is tipping like over there? there are no, there's no tax on products here. But what you just mentioned is interesting because anything that plugs into a wall costs a lot more than it does in the U.S. Uh. That's a TV. It's much more expensive. I don't know why because they're probably made here and then they're shipped over and shipped back for some <laughs> Or they're putting a the tax in it. It's just different. You know, it's all inclusive. <laughs> so you, could you bring a TV back over? Could you bring one back yeah. over but you pay a tax on it or something? Or a, uh, what do you call it? Well, a customs fee? I don't really fee? know. Because they're getting cheap over here. Tell you back with one. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I moved cheap. down here, I had a regular mover with a big truck, and I brought a whole bunch of stuff, and it was $9,000. And I brought a couple of TVs, and as long as everything's marked and it's on your paperwork, it's, it's fine. No problem. Did you have to bring a pet? Did you have a dog or cat or anything? No, but I could have. You could have. Sure. Okay. So what about tipping over there? Is that expected? And if so, how much? For dinner? Uh, for dinner, 15% is what I do. And that's okay. that's reasonable, unless they're really horrible service. You wouldn't get mm-hmm. much. Right. Some people make the mistake of tipping over, tipping like crazy, and it just upsets the balance of everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if I take a taxi that's 60 pesos, which is like uh, $3. I guess that's going up a little bit from when I told you. So, it's, um, so you're taking a 250 trip, you pay. Pesos, which is right. an extra 50 cents. Better, you gotcha. know, the norm here, 20%, if they do really exceptional service, that's kind of the expectation. Right, exactly. Um, so it sounds the same. It okay. is about the same. Mm-hmm. Of course, 15%, though, on a $20 meal versus a $100 meal is a totally different model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can get a really good steak dinner here for for ten bucks. Nice. So, even mm. in restaurants, some are more, of course, some are more expensive. Some are, but in general, it's going to be a lot less, a lot less than the U.S. Mm. So, besides expats, do you get a lot of uh, tourists there? No, oh, horrible. Um, this boy at Christmas, I think there's like a million extra people here. What? It's, it's outrageous. I don't even go, yeah. This town, I don't know if it was the mayor 
or the hotels or what, but um, Travel and Leisure has written up San Miguel de Allende as the best city in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and what a nightmare that is. Yeah, I don't oh, want to yeah. do it though when everybody else is there. What's the best time to come when it's not too crowded? <laughs> Just don't come at Christmas or Easter. Don't come at Christmas or That's Easter, all. okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> the Catholic country, and, you know, they go crazy. And don't come here unless you can stand the noise of fireworks, because <laughs> I think I counted, what, there's 75 holidays a year here. Well, they do fireworks. And they all wow. fireworks. Yeah, my dogs would not like that. <laughs> okay. So what airport do you fly no. into to visit? What's the airport? Uh, either Leon is, is mm-hmm. um, BJX is, is are the letters, or Carretero, which is a city... Uh, now we're away with three million people, and that's where I'm going to fly out of next. And, uh, okay. Or Mexico City, if you want direct to Europe, for example, you, you you can do that through Mexico City. Nice. Which is, you know, you have to time it because it's for, it can be three or four hours to get there because there are no bus. I mean, there's buses, but there are no um, trains or anything fast to get you there. Okay. Well, great. Well, this has been a pleasant conversation. I appreciate all your information. It's been very helpful. You too. Thank you. And I'm, yeah, I I'm hope it helps glad you're, you're enjoying it over there. Out. I am. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, very good. All right, we'll see you on Facebook. Okay. Thank all you. Right. See you later. Bye.